0: Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Fierce. Fierce! No! This is my MC a ticket, are you kidding right, Here we go. Yeah. what's up what's up what's up how are we doing i got five on it it is episode five of the banner banter podcast i am your host timmy g happy labor day how's everyone doing you are tuning into a boston celtics podcast from a season ticket holder point of view how's everyone doing i hope everyone had a great sort of last weekend of the summer thanks so much for everyone who tuned in and voted on Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast to vote for our Banner Banter investigation this week. I'll be doing that every week from here on out. You can vote on my, my story on Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast on who you want me to talk about for the Banner Banter investigation of the week. You can also find me on Facebook at Banner Banter Podcast and on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18. We actually have a lot of stuff to talk about this week. I really thought it was going to be a quiet week for the Boston Celtics, but everyone was like, nah, let's let's try and make it as busy as possible for the Banner Banter podcast, so I appreciate that a great deal. First off, most importantly, let's talk about what Danny Ainge had to say about Gordon and Kyrie's health. It's obviously a big topic going into the season. Is Gordon going to be fully healthy? Is Kyrie going to be fully healthy? How long is Brad going to really take these guys – to kind of get them back into shape. You know, like, is the first month they're going to get limited minutes? They're going to start, but get limited minutes. It's going to be very interesting to see how Brad plays that out, or so we think, because Danny Ainge talked to Chris Forsberg the other day and said this. I don't want to hype it up too much, but I'm saying that if our training camp were starting today, that they would be here going full speed. It's not like they need an extra month. I think that they know they have an extra month, so they are sort of pacing themselves they are playing as if it is to build up to that opening day of training camp they are doing everything dunking the basketball off both legs playing one-on-one live and jumping and cutting and defending I'm excited for them and Danny Ainge we are excited for that great news of info supposedly all the Celtics will be in town this week at the new Red Back Center in Brighton ready to go kind of almost like a pre-training camp type thing playing 5 on 5 getting used to each other and hopefully that will be great for Kyrie and Gordon and the other guys because if you, if you think about it you know someone like Jason Tatum and Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart and some of those other guys they got used to playing without Kyrie and without Gordon so I don't think it's going to take a while for them to all be on the same page because they obviously kind of did that during training camp last year but that was that was a year ago now these guys have to kinda get used to playing with each other. You know, Terry's gonna have to maybe focus on playing with Marcus Morris and Daniel Tice and Marcus Smart versus playing with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Al Horford. Gonna be very interesting to see how everyone adjusts to it. But in Brad we trust, in Danny we trust, and it's going to be it's gonna be a great thing. That is a promise. Now, the other big thing that we talked about, especially last week, was Kyrie. Is he gonna stay? Is he gonna leave? Adrian Wojnarowski, I'm pretty sure I said that right. Yeah, good job, Tim. I, I definitely said that right. He went on his podcast last week, and I'm not going to rip the audio from Woj because Woj is, you know, the best. He gives us all the breaking news in the NBA, but he made me feel pretty confident about Kyrie Irving. And then a video came out the other day on Instagram, and I think I'm reading it in too much, and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have been working out together a lot. And Kevin Durant and Kyrie both can be free agents next year if Kevin Durant wants to be, Kyrie is going to be, the Knicks have a lot of money, it's kind of freaking me out, I don't think either of them would go to that terrible organization, but the more they work out together, the more I'm getting a little bit nervous that Kyrie might be going elsewhere and him and Kevin Durant can play for the rest of their lives together, which kind of freaks me out, but if you take away those Instagrams, what Woj said on his podcast was this. I would still take Boston against the rest of the field. I still think, in the end, there comes a moment of truth when you look around and you have to make a decision about somewhere else. And when you really start inspecting the questions that are in place, almost any other circumstances he would go to and you would say, boy, it's pretty good here. I still think it's going to be really hard for him to walk away from this situation in Boston. Uh, okay. All right, Woosh. I see you. I'm I'm all about that. Don't tempt me with a good time. Let's go. That that gets me fired up. It Woj really and truly thinks that Kyrie's gonna stick around because let's be honest, he doesn't have a better situation. He gets the most money from anyone else. He's with one of the top five or let's be let's be honest, one of the top two best coaches in the NBA. He's with a bunch of young talent. He's with a good friend in Gordon Hayward because supposedly Kyrie tried to get Gordon Hayward to come join him with the Cavs before LeBron came. So clearly they're close. It th- this is this is good news, and I'm really not trying to get too hyped about it, which is why I'm trying to bring in the negativity with him working out with Kevin Durant and the New York Knicks and how bad Kyrie is probably always wanted to play for the New York Knicks because that's where he's from and blah 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 blah. So I'm very very interested to see if what Adrian Wojnarowski said in his podcast le- last week becomes true. And now it is time for the Celtics stud <laughs> and the Celtics dud of the week. Yes, we are going to be doing the Celtics stud and dud of the week a little early in the podcast this week, and that's okay because of some news that came about in the NBA rumor mill, especially on the Twitter machine. If you guys aren't part of NBA Twitter, get a part of it. It is crazy. People are cuckoo for Coco Puffs. If you guys think I'm a crazy Celtics fan, huh, there are some people out there who, who actually need some help more, more than I do. But supposedly, The Phoenix Suns are looking for a point guard. They recently just made a deal to get Ryan Anderson from the Rockets. And the Suns sent over Brandon Knight. And I'm having a brain fart. Oh, Marquise Chris. Back to the Rockets. And I think Marquise Chris is going to actually be a pretty good pickup for the Rockets. But remember, this is a Celtics podcast. And now the Suns are looking for a true NBA point guard. The Suns made some calls to the Portland Trail Blazers to look at Damian Lillard to see if he was available. Trailblazers said, "Nah, bro." Then they reached out to the Charlotte Hornets, see if Kemba Walker was was available. Nope, sorry. And then they reached out to the Boston Celtics to see if Terry Rozier was available. So my Celtics stud of the week is Danny Ainge. Yep, you thought I was gonna say Terry Rozier. Danny Ainge. He didn't. He didn't look at more draft picks. He didn't look at the future. He's focused on right now, and he knows that trading for Terry Rozier is not a good thing, and he's staying the course. So my Celtics stud of the week. Goes to you, Trader Danny, for not trading and sticking to the roots of what you have built for this 2018-2019 Boston Celtics team. And my Celtics dud of the week is going to be Terry Rogier. Yeah, and here's why. Terry was tweeting during this whole little rumor mill situation, and one of the tweets said, oh, yeah, with a question mark, as in, oh, yeah, you're really going to trade for me after everything I did to you? And it literally freaked me out. I was going crazy. I was like, I can't believe Danny traded him. But at the end of the day, he was just, it looks like he was just responding to the rumors where like, oh, yeah, people are calling for me, trading for me. That's pretty cool. I'll, I'll take that. But I took it as, oh, yeah, you traded me. Can't believe this. So my Celtics dud of the week, uh, I'm sorry, my Celtics dud of the week goes to Terry Rogier for giving me a short to mild panic attack. All right, one last thing that we need to talk about before we get into our big topic, which is about Brad Stevens and having about the same exact roster for the first time ever, is Las Vegas set the wins totals for all the NBA teams. The Warriors are first at 62 wins. So that means their record would be 62 and 20. Pretty impressive. And then five wins behind them, the Boston Celtics, second most wins in the league, according to Las Vegas, at 57.5. So let's just round down, because I'm a little negative every once in a while. So we'll go with 57. So the Celtics record would be 57-27. and that, that makes the, the basketball pants jump a little bit, because if this team can pull off 57 wins, that would be incredible. But most importantly, I would rather have 50 wins and everyone be healthy going into the playoffs than 57 wins and not having a fully healthy team. You know what I'm saying? So the topic this week is going to be about Brad Stevens. This is going to be the first time in his career where he, as a coach, has the same, basically the same exact roster. If you think about from when he started to now, this dude has had so many different players at so many different times, and I don't know how he's kept it all together and has improved getting wins, wins, wins. That, that's what Brad Stevens does. Insert DJ Khaled, win, 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 no matter what. But if you think about it, Brad is entering his sixth season in the NBA, and he has a two hundred and twenty-one and one eighty-nine record. Not great, but for everything that he's been through and the team that he started with and everything, it it's only going to get better, and that's a promise. So here here is win totals for the first five seasons. His first year, twenty-five. Ugh. Second, forty. Okay, fifteen plus wins. Third, forty-eight. Fourth. 53 and then last year they got 55 wins now he has never had his top five best players return in the same season if you think about it so let's break this down from 2013 obviously he was handed just a just a crap storm of just not he the team was okay but no one really cared and i think that really affected brad so if you look back in 2013 his top five players were jeff green rajon rondo jared sullinger avery bradley and jordan crawford yuck okay yuck i miss you avery yuck at one point there were 19 different players on the 2013 team so brad had to come into the nba deal with an a-hole like rondo a fatty like Sully, jeff green who was bipolar avery bradley who cared too much and jordan crawford who thought he was the next you know jesus christ where he wasn't even a disciple. So that that's a tough team to deal with. Then in 2014, he had to deal with Jeff Green, Rajon Rondo, Jared Sullinger, Evan Turner, and Avery Bradley. But only 33 games into the season, Jeff Green got traded to the Grizzlies. Rondo was traded to the Mavs 22 games into the season for Jay Crowder. Remember how all Celtics nation was obsessed with Jay Crowder and his great contract, myself included. So I don't know why I'm talking trash about myself. And then IT at the trade deadline was traded into the team. So this is kind of how it all started. So if you think about it, their top five players in 2014 was Jeff Green, Rondo, Sully, Evan Turner, and Avery Bradley. Jeff Green traded 33 games in. Rondo traded 22 games in. Brings in Jay Crowder. It's Evan Turner's first year in Brad's system. IT comes in February. So obviously he's not going to be, you know, at full, he's not going to get the whole system because, you know, Brad's system is a is an in-depth one, and I don't want to say it's like a Belichick, Josh McDaniels confusing one, but you, you got to get it. And then he had 22 players, 22 players in 2014. That's crazy to think about. 2015, it was the first season where we really enjoyed a fun group of players like Avery Bradley, Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Evan Turner, Jared Sullinger, Marcus Smart, only 16 players he had to deal with that year, and they actually did pretty well. They got 48 wins that season. That That's pretty impressive with, with the group that I just mentioned. So then you move to 2016, and it was the first year that we had Al Horford. Sully was gone. Evan Turner was gone. He only had to deal with 15 players. The focus was a lot more on the players, I felt like, that year for Danny Ainge, and they ended up going to the Eastern Conference Finals with 53 wins. So very, very cool. In 2017, only four players returned from the year before. So this is basically what happened after going in from the getting out of the 2016-2017 season and then going into the 2017-2018 season. These are the players that left. The first round pick, a.k.a. Markel Fultz, went to the 76ers. Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley, Amir Johnson... Jonas Jarepko, Kelly Olenek, and Gerald Green. Those are all guys that we cared about at some point. Well, minus Kelly Olynyk for me. Jarepko for everyone. We all cared about those guys. Those guys made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I got smoked in the Eastern Conference Finals, but that's okay. And then here are the guys that came in. Semi Ojale, Yershan Yabusele, Aaron Baines, Marcus Morris, the Lakers pick, a.k.a. Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving. Crazy, right? Just absolutely crazy that From 2017, a team made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then in 2018, or I'm sorry, 2016, a team made it to the Eastern Conference Finals with Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley, Amir Johnson, Jonas Chirupko, Kelly Olenek, Joe Green. See you guys later. We'll bring in Kyrie, Gordon, Jason Tatum, Marcus Morris, Aaron Baines, Yershan Yaboselli, and Semi Ojale. My focus here is Brad has had to deal with a different team every single year. How is Brad now going to make... Jason Tatum better now that he's here for a year plus because I believe that Jay Crowder improved every year that he was here I believe that Amir Johnson approved every year that he was here I do not believe that Kelly Olynyk approved every single year that he was here but I, I, Avery Bradley I think got better his jump shot got better he cared more about his defense I thought Joe Green got better while he was here for Brad Stevens so how is Jason Tatum Jalen Brown Kyrie Gordon Hayward you know, I think Al Horford's gotten better every single year. Marcus Morris, clearly Terry Rogier has gotten better every year. Marcus Smart, uh, that's up for debate. So how, are, how is Brad Stevens going to make these guys better? How is Brad Stevens going to make Robert Williams be better and Brad Wanamaker be better? We know that those guys are going to be okay because those are new guys. We know that Gordon's going to be fine because Brad just knows how to coach Gordon. He's basically coached him for all the major important parts of his life. So if you really think about it, you know, in 2013, 19 new play, or 19 total players, 2014, 22, 2015, 16, 2016, 15, last year it was about 18, and then this year, he, if everyone stays healthy, there's not going to be a lot of change. You know, you might see Yabaselli or Wanamaker go up to Maine, and then, you know, PJ Dixon might come down for a game if someone needs a night off, so they just have a full roster, but n- nothing's going to change for Brad, and it I think it's really, really important. But I'm also a little nervous about it at the same time because I think the great thing about the Celtics is you don't know what is going to be in the upcoming season if you're another coach. Like, okay, these guys got 11 new... Like, think about it last year. All right, these guys got 11 new players, only four players returning from the previous season. How we have no tape on these new 11 guys and how they're going to play. So is it going to be tougher for the Celtics to be so great because... Now NBA teams know that, all right, if Marcus Morris, Terry Rozier, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Al Horford are all on the court together, we know that the setups that they're going to run. We know that, you know, Terry Rozier will be the ball handler. There's not going to be a lot of pick and roll action with Al Horford because Terry Rozier is really not that great in the pick and roll. Clearly, Marcus uh, Marcus Morris is going to be on the wing. If he catches the ball, there's a 99.9% chance he's going to shoot it no matter what. So those type of things I'm going to be very interested in seeing on how Brad Stevens adjusts to that. Okay, last year, this setup with Marcus, Terry, Jalen, Aaron Baines, and Al Horford really didn't work out. So I'm probably not going to use that lineup that much. But maybe now that I have Gordon here, maybe I'll switch out Jalen, put in Gordon, and maybe we will work out better. So I'm very interested to see how Brad is going to adjust some of the lineups that worked well. Is, is he going to keep them in place, put in new schemes, or is he going to try and change everything around to keep those NBA coaches on their toes? But when you really think about it, I I thought Brad Stevens should have won Coach of the Year last year. You know, he lost Kyrie after winning 16 games in a row. They went to London. They were still the second best team in the East. They lost Gordon Hayward the very first game. The improvement of Jason Tatum was unbelievable. Jalen Brown from uh, year two to year three was I'm sorry year one to year two was also unbelievable. But if the Celtics make 57 wins this year. Brad Stevens might not get the love that he gets because, you know, now, oh, hey, you got you got Gordon Hayward back. You got Kyrie Irving back. But I feel like it's going to take a lot for Brad to keep everyone on the same page. And Danny as well, to make sure everyone's happy with their minutes and make sure everyone really buys in. Everyone has to buy in, and it's Brad's responsibility to do that. And Brad has really never had an issue like this before where he has 10 or 11 guys that can really and truly play at an NBA starter level, you know, in the years past, you know, oh, wow, you have Jonas Terepko and Kelly Olenek or Greg Steams. No, he never had Greg Steamsman. I was just talking to someone the other, the other day about Greg Steamsman, so that's why I thought about it. But those type of situations are what Brad Stevens is used to dealing with. Like, okay, yeah, sure, maybe prove yourself in practice and we'll give you some minutes. But now he's going to actually have some NBA veterans who have been around a long time that can not only play regular season minutes, they can play playoff minutes, and hell, they can even play Eastern Conference Finals minutes at a pretty decent level. Well, maybe minus Marcus Morris. He didn't have the greatest Eastern Conference Finals. That's here, now there. But keep an eye out on Brad Stevens, the coach. If you know me well enough, you know I'm a big Brad Stevens guy. I'm a, I'm a diehard Brad Stevens guy. But I am concerned a little bit on now, how are the other great NBA coaches going to respond knowing that Hey, the Celtics don't have a brand new team this year. Sure, Kyrie's coming back, but he played for a majority of the season last year and sure Gordon Hayward, but Gordon did play some preseason minutes and obviously they're not showing everything on you know all the schemes and all the plays and all this all their setups and all their lineups in the preseason, but just keep an eye out on that. you know if, if the Celtics have a low scoring game one time, maybe you can be like, wow, this team that they played against knows their schemes well they played against them they've seen everything that Brad has thrown up against the wall to see if it sticks over the last 6 years so let's see if Brad can make this team better than what we think it is versus just straight up talent we now interrupt this podcast to bring you a very special banner banter investigation Celtics unit report <laughs> Okay, this week's Banner Banter investigation, based on your Instagram votes, at Banner Banter Podcast, is Vin Baker. Yes, Vin Baker, probably one of the most interesting stories in NBA history. Vin Baker went to Hartford College, was an American, the America East Player of the Year. That conference doesn't even exist anymore. He was drafted eighth overall in the 1993 NBA draft by the Milwaukee Bucks. Four-time All-Star made the all-NBA all second team one time, and he played for the Bucs, Supersonics, rest in peace, Boston Celtics, the Knicks, the Rockets, and the Clippers. Vin Baker got traded to the Boston Celtics in July of 2002 with Shimon Williams, who, again, I have no idea what he's doing. Maybe I'll look into that later on. But he got traded for Kenny Anderson, Joseph Forte, who's a UNC guy who sucked, v- Vlade Vladi <laughs> Who, if if you guys need a, a fun little Google image, Google Vladi Batapico. What what an hilarious looking dude, and what a terrible basketball player. But anyways, Vin Baker came to the Celtics in 2002, and he was worth a buttload of money. Throughout Vin Baker's NBA career, he made 97.3 million dollars just based on contracts, non-endorsements. Just 97.3 million dollars just in salary. Very very impressive. He was pretty good for them. Jim O'Brien was the coach at the time, but about a year and a half into it, there was a practice where Vin Baker showed up and smelled like booze. He, was, he literally drank before practice. It is well, well written, well known that Vin Baker became an alcoholic right around the time he came to the Boston Celtics. He had some issues before, which is why I think the Seattle Supersonics were trying to get rid of him, but there were a bunch of reports out that like, any time that Vin Baker had a really bad game, he would just go home and just drink his face off, and the next day it would show up. Jim O'Brien smelled booze on him. They suspended him for a little bit, and then literally a year and a half later in 2004, released him. And then he was picked up by, of course, the laughable New York Knicks. So if he, he played a few more years in the NBA. You know, like I mentioned, he played with the Knicks, the Rockets, the Clippers. And then in 2007, he got caught drinking and driving while leaving Foxwoods Casino down in Connecticut. Then a year later... His $2.3 million home, see ya. That got taken away from him. Eventually, by around 2011, 2012, all of Vin Baker's money was gone. He lost $100 million. Again, what happened to the early 2000 Celtics? Antoine Walker lost all of his money. We talked last week about Eric Williams. He lost all of his money. Now Vin Baker. We're now talking about Vin Baker, and he's losing all of his money. I don't get it. What What is going on? I know Boston's a very expensive city to live in, and everything is overpriced here, but why do Boston Celtics players lose their money? It, it drives me nuts. I'm, I, I don't want Kyrie to lose his money. I don't want Gordon to lose his money. Jalen Brown's too smart to lose his money, but like even you look at like Delonte West, there's no way Delonte West has a reasonably sized wallet. It, it makes no sense. But anyways, back to Vin Baker. So after Vin Baker lost his home in 2008, you really didn't hear a lot about him. He obviously became a pretty hardcore alcoholic, and then he became sober. He is now eight years sober, so Vin Baker, salute to you, good sir, on being sober. But a couple of funny things that I was looking up when I was trying to figure out and investigate about Vin Baker. In 2014, he was on that basketball diplomacy team that Dennis Rodman put together where a bunch of M- old NBA players flew out to North Korea for Kim Jong-un's birthday and literally played in front of Kim Jong-un for his birthday. I, that just shows how desperate Vin Baker was for money at this time. And then in 2015, there was a story that came out that he was managing a Starbucks in Connecticut. What? How does an 8th overall pick in the 1993 NBA draft turn into a manager at Starbucks? Just absolutely crazy. And then in 2017, he became an anchor for the Milwaukee Bucks on their Fox Sports channel. And now he is doing this for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the To now explain to Bucks fans and fans of yours that what that means and how much hard work you put in to get to this position. So it was, it was a long journey, you know, starting with an apprenticeship job from the NBA and then doing some uh, broadcasting with the Bucs, uh, working as an assistant coach this past season, but ultimately getting into director player programming. So I'll be working directly with the players, doing something with the Bucs and also working with our team, the Wisconsin herd. So It's being involved in so many different levels, both on the court and off the court. Okay, so that is going to be it for the Banner Banter podcast this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope everyone had a great Labor Day weekend. Tune in next week for episode six. Don't know what the topic's going to be yet. Like I said, I'm going to try and get a few season ticket holders on with me. I am actually going to be playing at TD Garden on the parquet in front of Doc Rivers and Brad Stevens for the ABCD Dreams charity event tomorrow on Tuesday, September 5th. Or is that the 4th? I think it's September 4th. Either way, I'm going to have a whole recap about that entire thing. I'm going to try and ask Brad and Doc and Bob Ryan, who's also going to be there, some questions. And maybe Brad will want to come on the podcast. And then we can call this the Brad and Timmy Banner Banter Podcast. Probably not going to happen. But either way, thank you so much for listening. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Podbean, SoundCloud. And hopefully, you are now listening to this on Spotify. If not Hopefully next week we'll have it on Spotify. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast and on the Twitter machine at bannerbanter Banter 18. Again, thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate you guys. Celtics Pride forever. Toodles and noodles. X's and enough. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.